So what's this for? What are we doing here? I'm confused. Anyways, I, I, I kind of missed out on it. Yeah, you did. And, and uh, my bad. I didn't know who the heck you were rolling into Squintna, rolling into All right. Ready Pass or whatever cabin. Um, so I'm super glad about that when I saw you like driving into the front. It was really fun watching the dots. I've heard that. What you heard right there was the very beginning of my conversation with 2019 Iditarod Trail Invitational, or ITI 1000, winners John Logar and Peter Inneman. That was mostly John Logar. So welcome back to the Bike Talk podcast with me, your host, Dave Mabel. This week I have another throwback because last week we heard from the 2022 ITI 1000 winner, Peter Inneman. So this week, for episode number 15, we'll hear the post-race interview with co-champions Peter and John, just hours after they entered Nome, Alaska and rode up the snow ramp on Nome's Main Street and stopped under the famous Burled Arch, marking the end of the Iditarod Trail. You know, I feel like I need to insert a little sidebar here, mostly because it's just so cool and mostly because I have it before we get to the story of the 2019 ITI 1000. I'd like to take you to the 2019 Red Lantern Banquet. And I'm talking dogs here, sled dogs, the ones who run the Iditarod Trail. Every year they hold a musher's banquet on the second Sunday after the start of the dog sled race. Well, if you happen to finish after the banquet, they'll hold a banquet just for you. Well, for everyone who finishes after the Sunday night banquet. It's called the Red Lantern Banquet. And the year I was in Nome, I stayed with a family who also hosted a musher's crew. She ended up being the last musher to finish, earning the Red Lantern. And the night after she arrived, they held the Red Lantern Banquet, where she, Victoria Hartwig, was honored. The man who presented her with her awards was Howard Farley, who finished 20th place in the very first Iditarod held in 1973. I turned on a camera and caught his introduction and his story of how the famous finisher's monument, the huge burled arch, came to mark the end of the sled dog race and the end of the Iditarod trail. So I'll play you that audio from the Red Lantern Banquet 2019. This is Howard Farley, 1973 Iditarod Sled Dog Race Finisher. Howard uh, is going to get you the color tonight, definitely. So please welcome Howard Farley. Thank you, John. Well, I know what it is to have a last banquet, believe me. 46 years ago, we had a last banquet. We packed 300 people into the old roadhouse, and we had a ball. I was lucky. I came in 20th, the last paying position, in 31 days. I got 500 bucks. So we... We felt that it was necessary that year, so we went and we raised enough money to give the guy that came in 30, uh, 21st uh, $400, and we gave the man that came in dead last $300. So everybody got a prize. And at that time, 
the reason for these banquets came up and we have followed that right to this day. Our mayor at that time was Mayor Renshaw. And Mayor Renshaw got up and he said, everybody that finishes the Iditarod race is a hero. We literally ran with it, folks. And I'll tell you one more little story. One little story always leads to another little story. As I was coming over the finish line and the people were crowding around us and lifting me up onto their shoulders, the person that was timing the race said, Farley, you better move ahead a little bit because you're not over the finish line. <laughs> so I got the whole crowd, we moved it four or five feet, and she timed me in, and there again I took uh, the last paying position by 19 seconds. <laughs> sometimes you got to hurry, and sometimes it doesn't matter. And that gets to another small story about the monument. Have you folks seen the new monument, the one in the street? Okay, that came about because the old monument, we, we actually wore it out, folks, putting it back and forth into the street. And, and how we got that first monument is a man by the name of Fox Olson. And I was down timing him in. And he came in last, and Joe Cocky came in second to the last. And he looked down and he said, you know, this isn't much of a welcome. He says, I've spent $10,000 and 1,000 miles and Kool-Aid marks the end of the Iditarod. He says, I've got to take care of this and do something. Well, they went back, and in the meantime, uh, he had been famous for taking the first barrel of oil from Prudhoe to Valdez by dog team. So I knew that he was coming up with something that was going to be fantastic. Well, he did. I asked him, what's it going to cost us? He said, it's free. I got the Lions Club to sponsor and I'm still on what he's talking about. So one day, I get a phone call. It's the airline. They say, we got something out here for you. We don't know what it is. But if you come out here and identify it, it's yours. I went out there, and they started unloading this big hunk of wood out of this small airplane. It wasn't a jet in those days, folks. And anyway, they got it out, and I knew exactly what we had. And we had something that was going to be very, very famous. So what I did is I went into the... The guy that operated the airline and I says, uh, well, I'm going to sign for, for that. And he says, there's also a little fee here, $1,300. So I said to my friend Harry, I said, Harry, go down to the bars and get me $1,300. He went down to the bars and he had it within 10 minutes. And we had our monument. And that monument, folks, to this day is in the, in the rec center. And it's over the door as you go in. It got decrepit there for a few years, and we had a very, very good carpenter take it, repair it, and when you enter the banquet hall, just look over your shoulder and you'll see the original. A lot of people have come under that, and it has great meaning, folks.
Of course, I had to bring you in and out of this segment with a short rendition of the Iditarod Trail song sung by owner of Peace on Earth Pizza of Unicolite, Alaska, Mr. Brett Hansen. But that arch, a giant burled tree trunk towering over the finish, carved with the words, the end of the Iditarod Trail. It's such an honor to stand beneath that arch and close your eyes and let a flood of stories just wash through your mind's eye. It was an honor for me, and I did the Iditarod Trail by airplane. I can't imagine how spectacular that arch must look after the thousand-mile journey across western Alaska, and what emotions Peter and John must have had as they rode up Main Street and under that famous arch. But I can give you some idea of what it took to get there. I think it's time for me to shut up and let the boys do the talking. But before I do, know this. I was not interviewing them for a podcast. I was looking for some stories and some sound bites for the movie I was working on, A Thousand Miles to Nome. So it's not really perfect, and there might be a little jumping around. We are at somebody's house in Nome, and they have a dog, which you can definitely hear as it begs for some scraps, as Peter and John are having breakfast while we talk. And yes, you can sometimes tell they're eating breakfast. So it is what it is, but great stories, and I can't wait to share it with you. So now I'll shut up and take you to Nome, Alaska, mid-March 2019 with John Logar and Peter Inneman as they begin the conversation talking about the final 20 miles from safety to Nome. Um, no, I think it's one because more than that. We left at two o'clock, two fifteen. Two. We left at two, two, two o'clock, I think. We left. We left Topcock at eight. Let's see the photos. Yeah, Topcock was eight, was 15, eight o'clock, and it so took us bad. five hours from Topcock to safety. Yes. Yes. Five, five hours. hours, and then we had burger. So that was one o'clock. So it was about one thirty, two o'clock. We left safety. When did you get here? Six fifty-five. Well, it's five, six hours, I guess. And we rode the whole thing. Really? Yeah. We rode Got from safety. super slow. I mean. We rode, we walked a few little spots, but we rode from safety potatoes. to here. We didn't walk any of that. Wow. And it still took us five-ish hours. Well, is it in bad shape? Yeah. Super. You know, the, uh, the snowmobile race that sets in the trail mm-hmm. was Sunday, and then the ice went away Sunday night. Mm. So, like, I'm like, yeah. the trail just floated away. Right. So what'd you ride on? Are there more snowmobile tracks? Well, it's kind of a highway from here to safety. I mean, it's like... Well, it is, but they don't... Bolt, they don't... No, it's enough. You guys, you gotta find your line. Snowmobile highway, though. It's yeah. like snowmobile yeah. highway. It's like... But it was still... 150 feet wide. It's huge. Oh, really? It's huge. Yeah, and then it's the problem, because everybody's taking their own... Uh, so there's no yeah. like one line. No, like, no, all the way to that's the no, no, that's yeah. gone. That, that we didn't, haven't seen that for. I mean, from safety to here, it's just a big open. So we do you just kind of. Uh, what I do, he said, probably is ride at an angle till you hit that, hit your hit your hit your seam, and get on your seam, and pass your, pass your buddy, you hang on to your seam, and then <clears> hopefully <throat> your buddy gets another seam. You, you work to their seam. You just do that all the way down. Wow. So that's pretty much what we did the whole way here. Yeah, huh. it'd be left at 2 o'clock. Left at 2 o'clock, yeah. I thought it was up at 2 o'clock. is what I had thought. Yeah. 
Two o'clock. So two o'clock to six fifty-five. So it took us five, almost five. Took us five hours to get here riding. Yeah. He's pushing. He, well, ten forty was through safety, and I set my alarm one thirty, three. I was I've been up since three. Mm. You know, watching yeah. his dot, and uh, he got in at uh, well, about seven, seven o'clock. So eight hours. Yeah. Mm. For double. Yeah, yeah. So we were riding. Yeah. Why is he pushing? He didn't talk about it. Well, he. I have no idea. He left. He left the kayak, and he didn't really have any real anchor sleep oh. since. That don't make sense. I don't think he did. He didn't stop him sleeping anywhere, did he, between Koyak and no. White Mountain? I don't think so. No. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Huh. Not, well, uh, let's talk so about long. your race. Um, you guys both look good. And you were separate last I saw you in McGrath. Um, uh, and then it looks like everybody came together right after Ofer. Uh What happened after that? Like... How'd you like the tussocks? I've heard nothing but horror stories about the tussocks. Mm, I didn't mind that the wasn't too bad. You didn't? No. no we no. walked on tussocks and push the four bike. Four years ago, we just you have to just accept it, and then just push your bike. There's like no way around it. But you, but once you once you you know um, accept it, we had a pretty good day. It was like I had a great day. Yeah, yeah, I had a great day. Great talking day. all all time, BSing the whole time. You can't talk when you're riding on this other stuff. There's yeah, enough, you know you can't. You're concentrating. You're not talking. So that time we were just BSing all way. So. I think I, I I'd rather walk on the tussocks. I think the tussocks. I, I I expend way less energy on the tussocks yeah. than I do on a freshly groomed trail by a snow machine that I'm post holding up to my calf mid calf in. Where do you I, find that? Everywhere that we were walking up out there, Super. I mean, all the way from Oford, uh, from the Oford Junction to uh, Moose Creek Cabin, yeah, was pretty much post holing. And then we, and then from Don, and then from Don Cabin, Don's Don Cabins, cabin. we rode from Don's mm -hmm. Cabin a little bit, almost set up. to almost to Moose Creek. Moose Creek, yeah. And then from Moose Creek to Iditarod was Tussocks, which was a, a welcoming retreat, uh, welcoming. Reprieve from post hole, don't you yeah, think? Yeah. It was just those three guys on the sleds that had it's been just, on that trail, wasn't it? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you guys beat the groomers. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard. I mean, you have to pay attention not to you know, strain your ankle and stuff, but dropping into your knee. Yeah, this is a, it's just a jumble of. Right. If that's a tussocks, <laughs> and, and I watch him step on that tussocks. I know I can step on that tussocks. Yeah. Oh, that was smart. Yeah, I was like, well, see, so you just you're like, okay, that's that goes, because it's a it's a piece of ground. Whereas the snow that they drive over, it, unless it's set up, man, he may walk and be okay, and I'll drop down to my knee. It's just it gets old. Yeah. The energy. Uh, how about the Yukon? Sucked. That was uh, probably the worst part. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Why? Because of the overflow. All that overflow, and. There's no way to. It was too warm, so everything was soft. Even trail that would be rideable and had no overflow was not rideable because it was so warm. Even overnight, it was so soft. It was just we need like two four degrees, maybe lower temperatures to be able to ride. So yeah, so it would be um, firm enough to ride on, and everything else was just pushing like knee deep calf deep yeah thank you 120 um, miles 
we pushed for 40 miles, like pushed to that slush. And it was it was like super it was awful. It was super awful. Like um, really, like the the kind of feeling like it's like there's no way around it, and everywhere you can like bypass. There was like there were really deep snowmobile tracks or um how, how do you um it, uh, it was it was it was walking through mud puddles that were like up to your knee but it was all slush so and then the bikes you know do you put your bike through the water do you put your bike in the snow well, the snow was all you know two three feet deep so you're pushing through this freaking mashed potato crap so and, and you're just wet and it was it was it was slush. I mean, it was knee deep slush for forty some miles. Yellow rideable section. And it's like so. Then you ride for twenty yards, and then, and you, then you spend all that yeah. energy getting off your bike, or you try to, you know, you don't go through the mud puddle, you go through the slush because not gonna work. In the worst case, you you get stuck and you tumble over, uh, falling into that slush. Wait, what you don't want to do? What you don't want to do? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Stay, yeah. We were wet. I mean, we were. We rolled in, we stopped by Eagle Island, and we were wet. Did you just stop there and dry out? Oh, yeah. Was there a place to dry out? There's not much there, Not is much there? there, no. We just, yeah, hung our stuff up and dried out a little bit. Inside? Were you able to get inside? No. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Had you guys been passed by dogs at this point? No. No. Okay, so you're still ahead of the dogs. Behind the groomers? Had the groomers, groomers been by? Groomers, were, yeah, been Coming by. Back and, forth. and that probably was... They probably made those. I call them canals. The picture I've seen. That's what it was. They yeah. look like canals. Yeah, exactly. It looked Awful. like they set freaking mm -hmm. the Erie Canal in. Yeah. Yeah. So every time a uh, snowmobile would go oh. by, it would just make it worse, wouldn't it? I don't know. It, it was just. It was. I don't. The only thing that could have gotten worse. I could have fallen in the river. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't think it was anything worse than. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the thing. Is I just had to. Tr you just trust every. I must walk through it. No. I just started walking through it. I didn't. I mean, I was over it. I was done trying to step around. You can't just go away. Even if you give up, if you, yeah, 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 we just gave up and mm -hmm. just marched through that yeah. those canals. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. We pretty much the discussion. I think we had was. Well, I remember thinking or saying something. One of us did. It's like, all right, it's forty-one degrees outside. I ain't gonna die. I'm not gonna die in this weather. It's just gonna be wet. So get wet. Save energy. Get wet. And we'll deal with it when now, if temperature drops. We're in trouble. But Huh. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Yeah. Calculated. Yeah, calculated gamble. Um. Hey, did you guys talk strategy? Um. Like was yeah was winning in your mind? Are you guys like finishing? Finishing. Period. 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 Finishing. Period. Winning's bonus for me. For me. Yeah. We are, I mean, we were talking strategy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, sleep, 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 food, sleep, food. And at the end, we were kind of like, you know, well, let's, you know, let's see what we can do. <laughs> was it a throwdown coming into town? Or did you Both guys finish hand in hand? No, we, we finished hand in hand. So is it officially a tie? Yeah. Yeah. ITI posted, I saw it was posted. Officially yeah. a tie. Perfect. Um, it would be really weird. I like to, to we were wondering. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we rode. We wonder like, if uh, they're gonna like quarter mile out, like no, no. Sagan, no, kind of sprint it out and have fun, no, they or wouldn't. hand in hand and let's yeah. call this thing a win. It wouldn't have been fun. We went through no. so much hard time that 
so many struggles together that it would make no sense like why you know so we finished together that's awesome i love that we're we, we, we were like we had you know each other back for the for those you know really hard mm-hmm. hard times so yeah for 700 well uh, for uh, over, well, over you seem to catch each other well we kind of started at uh Pontilla lake mm-hmm. kind of rode together for and then we were just bumping up each other and then yeah. yeah you start you know you forge your relationships out there with all these different racers because you know you may need them and and if you choose to not forge relationships with other racers on this trail and something happens um most of the racers are still going to help you but it still feels really good to know that the guy behind me that i saw 200 miles ago that i helped with something when he comes up on me and i broke my leg he or she is going to take care of me. So if you don't forge those relationships and your whole goal is just to win this race, you're not going to win this race. It's not worth it. Yep. And the difference is, is we just happened to be together the whole time, so we had like a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both comfortable out here without each other. Completely comfortable without right. each other out here. I'm fine. Um, but if you're ignorant to think that you shouldn't develop relationships with A, the local people when you come through town, because they may be the ones coming to get you, or B, your fellow racers, or anybody you meet on this trail. That's how I feel. Winning is just a bonus. <clears throat> we, had, we were at some really low points, but we never got into a like, real fight or anything. No, I put... I, I, I... Put my hand over your mouth and your nose when I'm in your sleep and try to choke you out. I was, was going to choke you out for one point, but then I, then I then I stopped. I stopped myself. I had you in a chokehold. You just didn't remember. Was that the White Mountain and you saw the finish? It was uh, the finish line. It was, was Topcock. I was going to I was going to choke him out. Topcock time to the post when he fell asleep with his head back. I got a picture of it too. I'm going to love it. I'm going to tie him up. Roll. Uh, what was the most fun thing you guys experienced, individually, together, whatever? Finishing. Finish. Riding through <laughs> Blueberry Hills. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Was fun. Downhill. Yeah. Um, we had great time from Koyak to Ealing. That was a great day. Sunny. It was, it was nice. But it was yeah. kind of really hard to enjoy this time this year. It was just really... It was it was really hard. I mean, I mean, yeah. some like every day we got to we got hammered with something. Every day, every, every day. day, something different. Every day, <laughs> every single day. Yeah. Whether it's forty-one degrees and you're on the Yukon with overflow, mm-hmm. or like, what else? Well, it wasn't like Snow, it, it wasn't rain. like it wasn't like our expectations. You know, you have an expectation out here and it's not met, and then it ruins your day. You got you you got to get over the expectation that the trail's in five miles down. Get over that because it's not going to happen. So we were both like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But it just seemed like even without an expectation that the trail was set or this was going to happen, it just sucked every day. At some point, it was like this, and it always happened. Mm. We'd have a good section for a little bit, and then it would just go to crap going forward like every single day, right? Yep. And, and and the only expectation I had that that wasn't met was I had picked up that the trail from Topcock in was going to be really good and firm. So I'm like, okay, you know, 40 miles, him and I, we can freaking ride side by side on that trail because it's wide. So we can talk. Cause we haven't been able to talk the whole time. So we can ride side by side, 40 miles, stop at safety, chill, keep rolling in. 
Um, well, then we get, got a snowstorm in the top cock hills and got freaking hammered for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, full blizz like snow. And then we get down to Topcock and the trail, we start riding. And I'm like, sweet. I'm like, oh no, the trail's bad. <laughs> that was, that was my, that, that was very, that was, I had an expectation. Wasn't met. I got deflated. That was my fault. So lesson learned. That is a good lesson. Lesson learned. That is a good lesson. Because I avoided that. We avoided that the whole way, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like we always just assume, you know, it's just assume it's going to suck. And now <laughs> if you do, really then you're yeah, okay. So when it's good, yay! You it was know, just, it was just repeating every day. <laughs> like, we had good times, mm-hmm. and we knew it's coming. And something's going to happen. Something's going to change. And it did. <laughs> every time. So we were like, yeah, well, let's see what what else is coming, you know, for us. <laughs> Uh, would you do anything different, looking back? I know you've only had, what, 18 hours, tw- whatever, but would anything you'd be like, ah, I would change this, I would change mm, that? Not really. I mean, because there's no there's no way to tell what, even if you, you can watch the, the, the weather um, forecast, it's it's always going to change. So. Maybe a little tweaks on some of my gear. Well, some maybe some little tweaks on gear, but that's that goes without saying, right? Every mm-hmm. year you change something on your gear. But as far as no, I'd still use move forward as much as you can, and don't mm-hmm. you know balance sleep versus movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. sleep versus movement. Sleep versus movement. Mm-hmm. If you had any advice for somebody who did maybe the three hundred this year and is looking at the thousand next year, what might that be? Expect unexpectable. <laughs> I mean, to McGrath, it's not really. I mean, it's, it, it it can be really hard, but it's 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 all starts at McGrath, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter what happens until with McGrath. It's a whole different game after McGrath. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say if your lever, if if if, if your level of Discomfort. Uh-huh. If your level, if your level of, if your level of dis, if you're, how am I saying this? If you think you're comfortable being uncomfortable going to McGrath, you're you're comfortable being uncomfortable. Exponentially, it increases going to know. So you better be very comfortable being very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because it changes. Yeah. That's the difference, and that's the thing I think people don't realize is you're never. Comfortable. They're always got something going on. It just gets worse. Yeah. Bayat stayed with us. I don't know what night. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, he's like, wake me up at 11:15 p.m. because I want to leave at midnight. <clears throat> and you know, my alarm went off. I went over and I knocked him in the knee. And I'm like, dude, it's 11:15. He's like. Could I sleep? <laughs> I could sleep, but I'll be tired anyway. I'm just always tired. Yeah. Mm. I'm just always tired. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's it. You're always uncomfortable. You're mm. always tired. How comfortable are you being uncomfortable? That's the key out here. Without getting right. yourself killed. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you gotta, you know, avoiding. Yeah. Walking the edge of a razor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How comfortable yeah. are you being uncomfortable? We would have stopped. We were talking about this last night. We would have. I I would have wanted to make a dual executive decision to d- yesterday if we were still traveling out there to stop 
bed down and sleep until we are done sleeping for eight to ten hours. Take a take a take a legit sleep. I was at the point I'm like, okay, it's 19 in. We haven't had any anchor sleep since I did a rod. Let's take a big fat day off. And I think that I, I was I was right. We were mm -hmm. we were right because our performance was dropping off quicker and quicker and quicker each day after we woke up. Right? Like, like yesterday yeah. we woke up at top cock. Performance was good for a couple hours and then freaking dropped as opposed to holding it for 12 hours each day it was like 12 hours 10 hours eight hours and the performance kept dropping quicker and quicker and i think coming into if we had had day, two more days out there we would have had to otherwise we'd be we'd be going so slow it's trying to sleep it wouldn't work mm -hmm. yeah sometimes it's it's just not efficient you're so tired and you cannot you know it's not productive it's just dragging compared to have a good sleep, fresh eat, and then you can you know, accumulate, accumulate more energy and... <clears throat> happier. And, 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 yeah, happier. Happier, dude. Move. Freaking happier, man. Start moving. Hugs and kisses, right? Yeah. Hugs and kisses. All about it. Man. <laughs> uh, did you know Troy was... Uh, I mean, he was a day behind you at one point, but he, I mean, he was 12 hours behind. He came in 12 hours behind. Did you guys feel that, know that? Yeah. Care? Uh, I would say we did. I mean, we, I mean, of course we, we were, you know, watching what everybody else is and... We didn't have any communication. He, he, I mean, I don't have any communication with the outside world. I have no, I don't have an in-reach or anything. So I don't have a phone that works or, um, so I was kind of, he, he could call his girlfriend every once in a while and talk to her. But other than that, we did, we weren't able to like in reach out to be like, what's the trail like? What's, you know, what's what are Logar and Peter doing up ahead of the trail ten miles? Is it going? Because I mean, I can tell you, I think the in reach. I, I'm making an assumption here. I think the in reach has changed the nature of this race, hands down. Because if I had an in reach, and I'd been awake for 18, 20 hours, and I sent a text to somebody back home and said. What does a Yukon look like? And they said, oh, Peter's riding 12 miles an hour up the Yukon. I would sit there and say, I'm not going to sleep for a day and a half. And I would get on my bike and I would ride. So it has changed up, completely changed the strategy out here. For the better or the worse, I, sh I don't really care. I think it takes away from the race, personally. Mm. I think the in-reach takes I away from the race. I guarantee you, everyone behind you looks at what you're doing. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. Which we, I, I watched them. Yeah. I'm like, the, everybody's on their phone at, Everybody. at Peace on Earth. Yep. How yeah. fast are they going? Yeah. How fast did they cross the ice? Right. How fast are they going now? Where are? And it started with the phones. Everyone. It started with the phones mm -hmm. at the checkpoints with yeah. the Wi-Fi. But now yeah. with the inReach, people are doing. You can do on it the trails, in the wherever you want, and that's a game yeah, changer. You can call home. That, 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 Exactly. Look up. Look up. And that's a game changer because that will dictate what I do going forward. And if I have a chance to bust out 50 miles and just hammer it out because it's there, I'm not sleeping. Right. I'm going to go. And, 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 and obviously you can't get rid of the technology. You can't, you can't get it off the course. But I, I think it has absolutely changed this race. Because the strategy is no, no longer like... Oh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It's more like I know what's going to happen. It sucks or it goes. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. a little frustrating for a guy who doesn't do all that. It's frustrating to know that somebody else is pretty much has a home base they're communicating with information and watching your dot. 
and able to watch and my dot. Everyone's dot. He can watch everyone's my. He can watch my dot. He or she can watch my dot from anywhere they want. Quite there. frankly, you can look at everybody's dot and see how the trail is. Right. Yeah. Anywhere we, they we are. Just, we just do. We were because we were leading. We didn't have that. You didn't have somebody in yeah, front of you. Yeah. Right. See but everybody else is watching right. you. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, in reaching everybody's everybody's garment freaking. Well, oh, oh, and and, I, and that's a t that, that's the technology we have now, so it'll be it. But it has changed the race. It's yeah. not the same. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, behind you, you know, Missy and Kim could give a shit what place they come in. Mm -hmm. um, who's behind them? Steve. I guess Steve's next. Yeah, he could give a shit. Uh, uh, Peter could give a shit what place he's in. But they all want to know, like, how hard is the sea ice? Right. How, what's the trail like going through White Mountain? Are they on the ice after Gallivan or whatever? So, everybody has that information that you didn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we didn't know. Yeah. Um, everybody was asking, like, what's the sea ice? I watched the ice leave. No. Yeah, I've heard that. That's and, uh, I, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what are the sleds going to do? You know, where are the dogs going? Where's every, like, how's the race going to happen? Yeah. And I knew you guys had road all the way in from mm -hmm. Topcock, I think, right? Probably White Mountain, there's road you could take in. Road. Uh, what do you mean by Overland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not ice, not down on the no, ice. No, no, we didn't go on the ice at all. Um, it's, yeah. There's a yeah, land spit. It's, it's all land spit, yeah. Right, right. Sand spit, yeah. But uh, um, you, we didn't know what the ice was like. You know, up in was that Norton Bay or whatever? Yeah. Like, is it gone? Did it leave? There's, not, with there's the... water. You can see water. It Crazy. just they they I think they scary. Use... No, scary. No, no. no. no Overflow just... water or water? Water. No water. I mean, we saw the barricade of broken up ice on the left side. They how this is how close the trail. I mean, they barely they they. I think they looked at the satellite images and then how they picked the 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 route. So they would just. Paralleling that you know open water. <laughs> Did you go look? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm not going up there. But I was going like I was going closer and closer. I wasn't going oh, yeah, you to were, take you a were. look because it was like going, it was like turning this way. So I was trying to you know cut it short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I was when I was here last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, some of those gold digging things were out on the ice. Mm -hmm. they mine yeah. for gold under the ice. I was like, ah, it'd be cool. And they were. Probably a half mile to at least a quarter mile, if not a half mile out. And I was like, ah, it'd be cool to go out there. And then beyond that, you could see that line mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And then uh, I just watched that line move closer and closer and closer. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going out on that ice mm -hmm. for sure. Mm. Well, we asked the local. I I, I went yeah. and Shatuk, I specifically went up and asked three different guys that were locals and said, I get the Iditarod. So that dog says have to follow the markers that are set. I don't. Is there another? Is there a route that that is takes you across the ice to avoid this overland extra mileage route? All three of them said, "Do not do it." Really? You may end up floating away on a piece of. Ice. One guy said, "You may float float away on a piece of ice." Because him and I were having this discussion about. And I said, "I'm going to find out. I'm just going to ask the local guys." And I walked up to him afterwards, and I was like, "Peter, I'm not. I'm following the route. Period." I had three local guys say, don't do it. And it's like, okay, you listen. Yeah, you don't no, go back. No, God, side. no. They know the ice. Yeah. They for sure so, know the so ice. So that, that, that was a done deal. I mean, we had, at that point, we were committed to the course. So I would have cut across sooner if, it, if they said, yeah, you can cut across. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I'll get that right across. Huh, crazy. How was the weather when you went across? Was it windy? It was uh, <clears throat> non-stopping. It was non-stopping headwind. It was just so t- uh, annoying, tiring. It's just like non-stop. Just keep in your face. Were you riding? Yeah. Or did you have to walk? We, we rode. So it's just like pulling extra it's watts super- out of your legs. Oh, God, dude, my knees. I, granny, I granny gear. Huh. It was granny. I granny geared that whole thing. Plus, the bad okay. snow. Snow, really, really slow. Super, yeah, like sticky. A lot of um, resistance. Was it warm that day? It was colder. Yeah, windy. Windy. But it was still it, not firm. It was actually pretty, no, it was not firm enough. Yeah. And bad. then you have this drifted snow. I would, I would compare to, I would compare it to like riding in the grains, you know, like, it's like super, it doesn't, <clears throat> I mean, your tires are grabbing it, but it still like slips a little bit. So you just keep going and it's slip, slipping sideways. So you have to concentrate, like, you have to put all this concentration to riding and if you just let, make a little mistake you just turn your handlebar just a little bit it slips away so you have headwind you have really bad snow and you have to concentrate constantly to keep going straight and then you have those old uh, like snow old, uh, drift over that whatever path that is and you have to punch through those and you just have to keep it perfectly straight if you just move it just a little bit, you slid off, you know, your, your front wheel slid over sideways, and you're... I rode squish all the way across. I mean, I yeah. rode such low PSI, I just squished down. My rear tire is cracked from, I mean, I went through a whole rear tire out there. Like, all the, the sidewalls are all cracking. Like, I can almost, I can almost go all the way through the sidewall now on the rear tire from riding it low. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's how... Like you just kept letting air out. We just oh, open, I just rode squish open. all the way, and then and then even that great. If I when I shifted out of the granny gear for the first time, it took a while for the chain to to reform with that <laughs> different size. The different size because they'd been in there so long. And so mm. yeah, oh, we, we blew through a I blew through a whole tire set. I bet the rear tire. Wow, crazy. I spent night um, like two or three miles from that cabin. It was really uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable night, because the wind was just constantly blowing. It wasn't too crazy, but it was just enough. I was like maybe 20, 30 miles an hour. Cup coffee or anything? Yeah, I had my pill at the yeah. coffee shop. It was just never ending, never stopping, constant headwind. It was really, yeah. And at night we had a whiteout kind of because it was the drifting snow and ground lizard, and I got lost uh, for for you know for for a few minutes. It was not very <laughs> comf- you know it was kind of it was not very comfortable. I lost the markers because it was just so thick. The snow was drifting and blowing, and and all of a sudden I can't see any markers. So I looked at my GPS and I, 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 was, I was walking in a circle, just a little bit. I, I had a bad experience out there before and, and we were a mile out and he said, all right, we got a mile to the cabin. I was like, oh, let's stop there and get something to eat and just kind of get, her, get everything together. And, I, and that mile, I rolled up there, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna stay here and sleep. And he's like, 
and he's like, oh, I can't sleep because you snore. So I was like, oh, I gotta stay here. So he, so I went and got it, and, and there was a musher there sleeping, so it was warm. So I got on the top bunk, and um, passed out for about an hour. He was still there. He was sleeping against the wall. And I got up. I said, like, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna, I'm going back to bed. I'm gonna lay down and sleep. And I was there seven hours. I slept like six, seven hours, six hours probably. I mean, it went great sleep. Uh, when I woke up. I was still, I never got undressed. I mean, I, I just did like a, 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 wet, a quick wet bivy, like, you know, seven hours, like laying there with my coat and my, and my boots on and everything. I never got undressed. Um, I got up, got on my bike, and followed the trail. I was like, sweet. This trail is awesome. I see his track. I see another track thinking, oh, maybe it's Troy's out here too. Got two tracks. One's Troy's, one's his. I got a tailwind. The trail's sweet also. I was like, great. Because it kind of sucked getting there. And all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, so I was doing three, I was doing four miles an hour. 45 minutes later, I see two mushers. I start talking to them, and they're like, they're like, yeah, the trail's great all the way back, 11 miles. I go, 11 miles to where? They go, Chatulik. I'm like, you can imagine what I said. Right. <laughs> so I pick my bike up, turn it around, time out, reset. So an hour and a half and six miles out of my way of my life, I'll never get back. I can't for the life of me. I've, I've, I've thought I've, I went through my head a thousand times of what I know better than that. Still, I mean, you justified it in your brain. Two sets of tracks: one's Troy's, one's Peter's. But, that, but I had a tailwind. Why and have a tailwind? tailwind. And I had a tailwind. I'm like, tailwind. Woo, here we go. And I was like, this is. And, when I, and I was thinking, I was like, okay. So Peter left, and I'm like, he's been wanting to sleep. Like he's been wanting a chunk of sleep. So I was like, sweet. If he's doing this, like I'm doing. And I've slept for seven hours. He's probably already in Koyuk, and he's going to get a big chunk of sleep. I'm going to roll in, need a couple hours. He can sleep and get his crap ready, and then we can start up again so we don't, we're not separated that way. So I was like, okay, this is going to work out great for both of us. And you guys were together from Koyuk on, weren't you? Yeah, yeah we mm -hmm. caught back up on the ice. I caught him back up yeah. on the ice. Yeah. Huh. So that was my, yeah, I went the wrong way. Because I think people thought I quit, too. That was the other thing. <laughs> my buddy's like, you're not quitting, are you? I was like, no, oh, I'm not freaking quitting. Right. Watching your dot go backwards. Yeah, I went backwards. That's funny. It was awful. It's crazy. What time do you leave? I leave 8.55 p.m. tonight. Wow. So to Anchorage and uh, then... Anchorage and then Monday night I fly out of Anchorage as quick as I can get. What is today? Sunday. Sunday. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Monday so night you fly back to the yeah. lower 48. Lower 48. And when do you get like home home? I, I, if, I, if I get picked up, it should be Tuesday at 3 o'clock I get to Pittsburgh. And I should be home. It's a four-hour drive from Pittsburgh to my house. We're like three, four hours from the airport. Yeah. So, so Saturday at 8 o'clock till Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. It's long. We're a long ways away. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. I saw a picture. Well, I didn't see a picture. I saw a sign says Siberia, 164 miles. We live in Iowa, mm -hmm. in Des Moines. <clears throat> Davenport's like 170 miles away. <laughs> nah, like, that's funny. I'm literally closer to Siberia than yeah. my wife is to Davenport. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're crazy. Somebody's at the coffee shop. They're like, the closest road system to where we are right now mm -hmm. is in Russia. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Like where you can go anywhere, road system. You can, you're in. Yeah. You're in. You can like yeah. drive, drive around, 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 around
end of the road. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, where this is this is remote, man? This is remote. You guys do it again? It's too soon to ask. Did I ask you that yet? No, I asked Troy <laughs> at the finish line. I was like, so it's number five? He's like, you can't ask me that here. <laughs> That's right. I was like, is it two weeks maybe? Maybe a month? Yeah. It takes a marathon or maybe two weeks to commit to the I remember. Next, I remember last time, two years ago, before even finishing this, I'm riding like maybe like between kayak, kayak and White Mountain. I was like, this is great. Oh. I'm going to have to come back for sure and do it again. Not this year. This year was... It was like just too hard to enjoy it, really. Huh. I mean, it's like there was very little enjoyable time on the trail this year. I, don't, I'm, I know I'm, I'm keep repeating it, but really. Do you think that <laughs> Troy and moving into ahead of him had anything to do with your ability to enjoy life on the trail? I.e., a little bit. Did things change when you like caught Troy and are like, yeah, I would, honestly, I would say yes. Yeah. No. We, we, yeah, no. We, we, you. Like. Mission. Go. I'm going. Finish. I'm going. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm going. Like, and once I told him, like, I, I, I got reach a point where, what I, well, out here, I'm sustainable forever. I don't. I can get. I got to that point about five, six days ago. I'm like. This is what I do now, and I can keep doing it. I get I get very comfortable yeah. um, and content, especially if you're telling me to go someplace. So um, I, I have I, I don't have a lot of comforts out there. I don't have a lot of things that I need, and I don't um, I have I'm, I have very minimal downtime when I'm by myself, which is fine. It was nice to be with him because I had a strong rider, but I also had a little more downtime. But the strong rider makes up for all that um i tend to get over my head on sleep deprivation and food and water and i'll keep going um but i i i don't think i would have gone any less hard if i whether you're in first or 15th yeah yeah so that because my objective is to finish yeah as soon as possible Wherever that puts you. Yeah. Wherever that puts me. That's Wherever cool. I land, I land. Huh. Well, that's just different strategies. I mean, it's just different, yeah, just different, sure. different, different, different outlets. I mean... Well, I never heard you once suggest, like, I could win this thing. No, I was not. Definitely not. But, when, you know, <clears throat> later on in the race, you can, like... Eh. Well, I thought, like, maybe, you know... That'd be cool. But but it's all you know. It was still unknown. I kind of everything can change. You can have a great That's trail. Exactly. And you're flying on a trail like 12 miles an hour, and you have like four guys on snow machines passing you, and you're down to like six miles. Yeah. So it's like it can change every every minute, every moment. Right. The weather, everything. So. I say we had to stop ourselves from saying let's push this to win this because we had conversations where like it changes man like 20 minutes later it changes right. and then you're back to like walking and so i think we both wanted to win at one point i think that we, yeah. we, we i mean i definitely i'll admit it. i mean i was like okay we're gonna win this thing we're gonna go for it um it was an added stress it was it was an added stress yeah. for me thinking about winning 
Do I regret that? No, it's just a different way of doing things. I still think I would have gone as, as just as hard as I would have gone before, but now I had a little stress of wanting to win. But it was interesting because him and I would get into that. Sometimes we'd hit that and be like, "Stop, dude! It's too early. It's too early to start talking about. You can't, you can't, you can't roll out of McGrath to win this race." Right, that's a long way. You don't leave McGrath mm -hmm. trying to win this right. race. It doesn't work that way. Right. You don't you can leave your best and push hard, <laughs> but no, you don't think about yeah winning at that point. No. Maybe when you hit the street down there where it's plowed. We about that's about what I mean. Yeah. About safety. Right. About safety. We yeah. in safety. We're like, okay, let's ride this thing out. We gotta finish this up. But yeah, I, I would say we. Were, I was in it to win it at one point, but him and I fought that urge to commit to winning. I did. I did. Yeah. Multiple times because like, mm, you shut down. You shut down. Yeah. The race started and I did a ride again. Right. Right. Over. Essentially over to and, reset. Yeah. Right. And we all recovered. We all recovered and I did a ride. We all got recovered. It was like a day and a half sitting there. Yeah. What was that day and a half? Were you waiting for the? Did you know the groomers were coming? Yeah. What was your? So. <clears throat> so uh, we got. <coughs> We got passed by these three guys in snowmobiles. The guys and from heavy, yeah, heavy yeah. I know really cool about. dudes. They're super nice. Oh, awesome. super <laughs> nice. We spent like three nights at same same place. Tolstoy cabin. Oh, no Tolstoy cabin. Yeah. Moose Creek cabin. And I did uh, and I did two nights. Two nights. So we spent five nights with him. Wow. Yeah. I only spent two. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they were ahead of us, but they had a really hard time to get through that trail because there was no. There was no, there was no trail. They ran out of gas, right? Gas. Ran out of, I did hear they ran out of gas. Yeah. One of them. So, yeah. So um, we were just that we were chilling out. I mean, they came back and waiting to, for the groomers to right. come through. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you were doing that, but I didn't. I mean, there was no. There was I no told way. the groomers to say hey right. when they come by. Did any yeah. of them say hey? I talked to them in McGrath, I guess, and yeah. I was like, hey, when you see those bikes, tell them we said hi. No. Tell them we love them. No, it was, uh, yeah. There was no way to go without the trail. No way. No way. And, we got, and the Iditarod checkpoint gave us the musher's cabin to yeah. use for one night, until nice. the, which is super cool. Great. Uh, Bob? Bob? Bob. Bob. And then, um, and then the second night, the musher, the trail breakers were coming in, and so they, 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 well, they came and said, we're kicking you out, which they told us they may have to kick us out. They did, and they said, and here's where you're going to sleep. Here and here and here. Pick where you want to go. And they set up an Arctic oven for us. So, well, they're going to have to do it anyways, but still, they set it up early. It's like... That was nice. Fair. I, I will say that everyone, and I didn't really run into dogs. I guess McGrath, uh, I got to know the checkpoint mm -hmm. coordinator talked to some volunteers but going out to you know cleat i ran into the dogs and mushers like into the heart of it and uh all of them are like i can't believe what those guys are doing like i'd never ride my freaking bike on this like all of them everyone to the number had the utmost respect for what you guys mm -hmm. are doing mm -hmm. and for what bayon and grant and, and uh, this is a better it's a better foot year than bike year for sure way better that foot being year. said i think I think Bayot's the only one who's going to make it in 30 days. The oh, other yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other guys are, he should be here by, <laughs> he has a flight at like 3 o'clock Friday afternoon hmm. to Fairbanks. Who does? Bayot. This Friday? Yeah, yep. And 
Well, that would be... Uh, Jill has a race in Fairbanks on Sunday. He's like, if I could make it to Fairbanks by Saturday, that's the pre-race meeting, I could still sign up and do that 100-miler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably be better off finishing and going straight there and doing it. Watch what his plan is. Yeah. yeah. Get done Friday morning. And go race. Get on a plane. Race. And go race it. I'm like, dude, you like win the human of Earth. Yeah. I think you do it. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. He's like, what? It will be easy. I just have a backpack. I don't have to pull this stupid uh-huh. pulk. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be, it wouldn't be bad. That would be, as long as you don't recover. Right. Right. As long as you don't start your recovery. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I can see that. Mm. Because yeah, he's been out, I mean, 20, he's already been out, what, 20, almost 21 days? 21 tomorrow. days. Yeah. Tomorrow's 21, I think. Yeah. Is today Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Saturday, so tomorrow's 21. Mm-hmm. I guess today's the 21st day or something. 20? Yeah. We had 19 yesterday, so it's today's still 20. 20. Yeah. No, we were 19 days. Mm-hmm. So what are you, what's this for? What are we doing this for? I never did hear. Are you doing a video or you're a production? Or? I'm just doing like a little three-minute music video. Sweet. So yeah. like, we have to dance or something, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> to Justin Bieber songs. I can twerk. <laughs> I don't want that on tape. <laughs> I do not want that on tape. Um, what makes you want to do this? <laughs> like you're just describing hell, and you know you're gonna go through hell. Like you paid for it, right? Right. Like it, you, it costs you money to do this. They don't pay you. That being said, all your prize money will reimburse your expenses but what makes you want to do that it's type two fun which is you have fun when you finish and you and you and you talk about it like we do right now now it's it's fun right it's 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 something to to have memories to talk about forge you know friendships experience uh, interaction with people on the trail and um, hosts, volunteers. That's all huge. So it's not necessarily about having fun riding, even because it's mostly not. It's 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 a lot of suffering. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it, yeah, I don't know. What else? You say so. I don't know. I did it on a plane. I kind of liked that method. And I got all those benefits that you were just talking about there. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I didn't have to push my bike through a blizzard. I don't think you, you can have all those benefits without suffering. You know? It's a different perspective. Because it's a... You, in, you can't... I mean, you can enjoy it, but we can enjoy it more. <laughs> After... So much, you know, such a hard time, and you get somewhere, and people are caring and helping you, and you know, serving you food and talking to you. That's all pretty. That's cool. like, yeah, super huh. cool. I don't know. <laughs> How's that? Fair. I, I wouldn't know either. There's there's internal motivation and external mm. motivation. It's not an externally motivated race. It's an internally motivated race. Mm. When I can figure out why, I'll probably quit. <laughs> there. That's all. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. What do you take home? What? I mean, if it's internal, then you got to leave here with something. What do you take home with you? What do you leave here with? 
Well, what, what I did didn't benefit anybody but myself. This is this, there's there's no benefit to society at large for this at all. There's no there's no great message to the world about this. I mean, this is a very selfish endeavor. I spent 19 days essentially by myself walking through the woods. So, you know, you should feel lucky that you can do it. A, you can afford it. B, you're healthy enough to do it. And if you lose perspective on that, then you shouldn't be doing this because there's people out there that cannot do this. Perfect. I would say it's not necessarily... 100% true. I think it motivates people and it makes people do stuff, you know? So even if you think it's selfish, mm -hmm. it's only by you, I think it's more to it a little bit. I mean, mostly it's selfish, but but I think it's got its benefits. Like, it motivates other people to do it and get into the sport. I hope it does. I hope it, I hope it does. Sure I really it hope does. it does. I hope it does. I hope it does. It did for me. I've seen these guys like Jay Peter Ray and, you know... Jeff Altley, Jeff Jay Cable, all these cool dudes, and I was like, yeah. I hope he does. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah I, it's it's what I it's what I like to do. I like to achieve something, you know, a piece of it a little bit. Whether it's this or yeah, whatever, running a five k or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whatever exactly. motivates people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I saw people on Facebook, and I'm <laughs> part of my thing is kind of. Mm -hmm. running these down but uh throwing stuff out on facebook and all that and you know i comments people say are like i gotta do more you know i'm not pushing myself yeah. Yeah. like i could you know whether it's hey i'm a marathon i i, I saw ultra athletes who run 100 mile races say i gotta do more you know so it's i think there is a, a fair bit of motivation in there but but yeah i I wouldn't say there isn't motivation. I, um, I just think we, as the athletes out here doing this, should keep in mind that there's people that can do it, cannot do. It. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, Are you a doctor? Mm -hmm. So you see the yeah conditions. Yeah. This is this is this is prevent somebody. This from... is nothing for this is this is not suffering. This is this is type two fun, right? Which is a choice you make. When it's not a choice to suffer, then I, I, I respect that person that can suffer through mm. something that's not a choice. Yeah, well said. That's that. That's why my perspective is. I feel my perspective is a little. I don't know why I'm out here. I don't know. Cause you can. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna turn that off. Plug you guys off the hook. That wraps it up for this year's stories from the Iditarod Trail. Thanks for coming along, and I hope you enjoyed them. I'd like to ask you to give this show a review and rate on your favorite platform. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to support the show, look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. I really appreciate your support, and I'll put a link in the notes. Bike Talk by Dave is a production of Summit Media. Give us a follow on the Instagram at Summit Media Films or myself at dmabel122. We'll be back next week with the director sportif of the Lux Cycling Development Team, Chris Daggs. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. Just to run that race takes a tough and a hard degree and a lot of work done.
dogs that run across the snow with a whistle and speed. Well, give me a tooth with a good meat dog and a sled that's built so fine. And let me lose those miles to the 1049. And when I get back to my home, hey, I can tell my tale. I did, I did, I did, did I did a rock trail. I did, I did, I did.